The Jets may have lost to the Calgary Flames in a shootout in preseason game number three, but you know what? It wasn't all bad, and there are some really big roster decisions that the Jets may now be facing as they roll through preseason into what should be an eventful year. We'll dive into all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, I'm your host, Harrison Lee, uh, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Uh, as always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, tonight's episode is going to be focused on uh, some evaluations through three games of preseason. The Jets have now gone uh, through Calgary and Edmonton, and while the Jets are 2-1, and one, there are some interesting takeaways from um, a roster-building perspective, right? One of the biggest things that I think the Jets now may or may not realize is that the defense has some really tough decisions. Obviously, we have a lot of veterans on the blue line right now, and it's created a logjam for a number of Jets' blue line prospects. Guys like Sandberg, Chisholm, uh, Heinola, all of them struggled to get ice time, and you know even Sandberg hasn't always been given a featuring role, despite the fact that, arguably, he's like our best defensive defender. Uh, but he's more than that, right? He's a strong two-way player. He's got some offensive jump. He can transition the puck you know, reasonably well. I wouldn't say it's like his primary thing in terms of what Sandberg does best. It's his, you know, the, the work that he does in front of his own end. It's his defensive awareness, his ability to snuff out passing and shooting lanes, and his strong use of his, his big physical frame, right? So Dylan, great player, but he's not the only young blue liner prospect that quite honestly deserves a shot at the NHL. I think the past three preseason games have shown us that, quite honestly, Heinola and Chizzo might legitimately have real chances to be better than some of the veterans on this team. Chizzo, I think a lot of people have been really impressed by because he's a smooth skater, he's offensively gifted, and he's got pretty smart offensive instincts. He knows how to cycle the puck well, he can skate aggressively in transition, and he is very dynamic when he's in the offensive zone. Where I think people might really be surprised, though, is watching Heinola. I'd say that arguably throughout these three games, Heinola may have been the most consistently best performer in all of these games. And it's not to say that he's been perfect, far from it. But in general, when Heinola has been on the ice, I think his defensive instincts have actually improved. I feel like he's using better body positioning. He's forcing turnovers. And while there are some shifts where he'll turn over the puck and maybe get outmuscled here and there, for the most part, when he's on the ice, the Jets are tilting it offensively. He's been Super, super dynamic in possession. I feel like his puck handling has been super confident. His passing in and shooting and lane creation and activations below the faceoff circles, all of these things have really stood out as, quite frankly, elite for a, a defensive prospect, right? And look, he's not playing against like Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon or the very top players in this league. This has been a bit of a barrage of, you know, mixed teams, right? A lot of AHL players maybe some NHLers here and there. So I, I, I get it. A lot of people will say, well, 
let's see him do this against top level talent. But the thing is, he actually has to have a space to do that. He and Chisholm, quite honestly, have no path to this team unless the Jets make some really hard decisions. And this year's blue line core, I feel, has some of the biggest uh, upset potential in Jets history, right? And I say that knowing full well that most likely um, <clears throat> we're going to see the same team and the same roster that we're seeing now. I, I really have a hard time imagining that Winnipeg is going to make some blue line moves, but they really should. I think Pionk and, and Dylan and Schmidt all have varying levels of security here. Uh, but honestly, you know, the Jets could improve internally on a number of these positions. Dylan, I think, is fine to keep if you want to have him be your defensive valve. But I feel like what Pionk and Schmidt offer, quite honestly, Heinola and, and Chisholm could probably do as well, perhaps even better. I think Heinola in particular has the ability to excel where Schmidt has really struggled. Uh, I love Nate. I think that he used to be a really wonderful player um, in terms of his personality. He's always very fun, very positive, but I feel like his Jets performance has really tailed off. Quite honestly, there are games where I just don't really know if he's even a factor, and it's been a shame to watch. Ever since he went to Vancouver, it just feels like the version of Schmidt that I used to see for the Caps and at times for the Knights has really vanished. And I think age has very much caught up to him. So it's it's tough and it really hurts to see. But at this point, I think the Jets really need to find a way to open up roster spots on this blue line, because as it is, it's just not enough. I think this team really needs the young kids to step up, really needs to give them the chance to step up and needs to make space for these young prospects to step into full-time NHL roles. Otherwise, you're going to see them go to other teams. And I'm going to guarantee you this, right? If Chisholm and Heinola walk, the Jets will 100% regret it. You do not want to let them go to other teams where it's likely that they'll actually kind of kick butt. I got to be honest, I think both of these guys are very much on the pathway to NHL careers, potentially long ones if everything holds out. But you know, until they actually get a chance to prove it with Winnipeg, it's going to be an uphill battle. But if you're looking at this training camp, you're looking at who's really stood out, especially on the defense. I don't see how you could possibly bench either of Chisholm or Heinola based on like a pure like meritocracy. Right. We know that the Jets have some roster complications. That mean it's going to be a little bit more than just what I'm talking about. Right. It's not just going to be preseason performances. It's going to be contract eligibility, you know, waiver stuff and all of that in in the mixture. But I got to be honest, I really feel like Heinola and Chisholm have stolen spots from some of the veterans. I think that they've been easily some of the best standouts for this team throughout this tournament so far, or not really tournament, but preseason run. And uh, I just have a hard time imagining how the Jets could possibly put either of them in the press, press box or with the Moose. I think Heinola has proven all that he can at the AHL level. And uh, you know what? Chisholm probably needs to take the next step and play in the NHL to figure out the timing, the gapping, the the decision-making, all of that stuff that he's not going to get playing with Manitoba. I've said in the past that he is still a little bit raw, and I think when he actually does make the NHL, there are probably going to be games where you're going to tear your hair out watching him because he is still at times a little bit offensively impetuous. He'll have moments with some rash decisions, but you got to let him work through it because the potential with Chisholm, uh, kind of like Heinola, is really explosive. And I just see a very, very fun dynamic puck mover who can really help Winnipeg get faster on the back end. We're seeing signs that the Jets are starting to uh, become more aggressive. We're seeing a faster pace of, pace of speed with this team. There's more pressure. 
I feel like all of this could make the Jets a legitimately dangerous squad, but they're going to have to give themselves the opportunity to feel that team because otherwise this team is going to struggle in the same areas that it traditionally has, even with an improved forward grouping. But of course, you know, Chisholm and uh, Heinola weren't the only young guns standing out. We'll talk about a few more young players um, that I think are really worth spotlighting through that, you know, the, the three games that we've had so far. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at DoorDash. Are you missing the syrup for your favorite pancakes or did you run out of coffee creamer? With DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. A lot of you probably know DoorDash for all of their food delivery services. They've been an invaluable asset for a lot of folks who quite honestly couldn't get out during COVID and wanted some carryout or maybe even something else from a local shop. But now DoorDash can give you some great groceries. You've trusted them to deliver your food. Why not help them restock your fridge? Uh, with thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every single order. If you want even more value, you can also sign up for a DoorDash uh, Dash Pass membership, which allows you to save on delivery fees by making it $0. It's just a monthly subscription. I guarantee you, if you use this kind of stuff a lot, you will save a lot of cash in the long run. I do something similar with another delivery service and DoorDash I've used before. It's fantastic and very reliable. So if you're ready to get 50% off your uh, first DoorDash order, which is up to a $20 value, be sure to use promo code LOCKED at checkout. Limited time offer. Uh, obviously, terms do apply. Again, that's 50% up to $20 with a no min subtotal and zero delivery freeze on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKED. Don't forget, that's code locked for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for joining us in tonight's episode as we talk about preseason results and some early signs from some of the veterans and the young players. Now, I'm going to be honest. I think this tournament has really... I keep calling it a tournament because I'm thinking of Penticton, but... Um, through the first three games of preseason, I think one thing that's really stood out is that the youth are really leading the way. Uh, we saw Parker Ford in this game really stand out with a goal and an assist, and I just felt like his forechecking was effective. I felt like his rush counters looked really solid. And look, Parker is not going to be the kind of guy who's going to anchor your top six. Let's get that out of the way. He is the kind of player who probably anchors like a really good fourth line, but Ford has just enough skill to be really valuable without being a player who's going to cost you a ton. And I think that's where the Jets recently have gotten better in terms of camp invites is that it, it seems like they're finding uh, what people always call found money, right? Cheap contracts for players who can quite honestly play a really legit role in your system. And I think Parker, if nothing else, is going to be a really good Moose player. Uh, obviously, Manitoba has lacked finishing talent and ability, and Parker, quite honestly, could be a great asset for Manitoba, but he might also really be helpful for the Jets when they hit an injury crisis. Ford, again, was a guy that the Jets basically just invited to camp to see what he could do. He had some solid shifts, I would say, uh, in the first couple of preseason games, but I feel like this one was where he really started to take flight, and we saw him be confident in possession, in his rush chances, in his passing and shooting. There was just a lot more to like from him. Another guy who's on the younger side, but maybe not super young, um, is Jansen Harkins, and Harkins actually had himself a goal. I, I liked the way that he dived into the slot. He really kind of got himself into a dangerous position, set himself up 
nicely for a goal and had a great release. It's all the stuff that you want to see from Parkins. And I think Anson, despite being on the outside looking in for a roster spot, still has a chance to perhaps maybe get something down the road if maybe the Jets make a few roster moves. I think, you know, it's a tough road for a player like him to uh, travel just because right now, you know, neither the forward groupings nor the blue line have a lot of space for players who are fighting for spots. And that's where I think Harkins really finds himself. I have a hard time imagining guys like um, Kupari or Appleton, some of the more entrenched players now getting uh, booted. And I know Kupari just joined, but I can tell you from the first few preseason games, he is 100% a starter. There's zero question. I think the only question with him is, you know, what is his role? What's he, what, how much is he going to play every night? Because he's been really, really good. Um, you know, speaking of Kupari, I think it's just worth shouting out the fact that when he was tossed into the deal for uh, Dubois, I really felt like LA was maybe doing itself a slight disservice. Now I know they have lots of players kind of in that mold and he wasn't really playing a lot. He was getting like 10 minutes. And so honestly, maybe this was part of um, LA also kind of doing him a favor to give him a bigger chance and perhaps an increased role elsewhere. Cause it's clear from watching him that his skating kicks, butt, his offensive instincts are super sharp. He has come really close to a couple of goals. And I honestly think that if he joins the jets long-term and becomes kind of Winnipeg's bottom six, de facto uh, center of the future, you've got a really good player in him. He can move. He's not afraid to grind on the corners and he's got very sharp offensive instincts when he gets to use them. So there's a legit player there. I think he's got some untapped potential. I've talked about that before, uh, but I think it's just another sign that when this deal happened, the Jets really did make bank on this trade. Uh, Dubois, look, great player. He might be the best overall player right now in that deal. But in a few years, I might look back and wonder if LA really made the right choice here, maybe even as soon as next season. Velarde, I think, is a stud. I like Ayafalo a lot. And Kupari seems like he's got another gear that he might find with Winnipeg. So all signs are pointing up. I think the the youth group here that we're seeing is really sharp. Um, and, and it's backed by some, you know, pretty solid veterans. Guys like Nemesnikov, who I thought uh, has had a very solid preseason so far. I'm impressed with, you know, returning young players like Barron. I think Morgan has shown really well so far. And, uh, you know, David Gustafson had himself a goal. But Amidst all of this, there was at least one piece of bad news for a youngster. Cole Perfetti got uh, basically a cheap shot to the head from Martin Pospisil, and it, apparently it's not the first time it's happened. Pospisil has gone after Perfetti in a previous season when they were, I think, with a moose or something, um, and uh, actually injured him and, and took him out of the game, and the same thing happened here. So I'm pretty pissed about this. Pospisil, quite honestly, if Bufflin had been around, would not be... Uh, having an NHL career anytime or even a pro career after that one shift from Bufflin would have solved that real quick. Um, but as it is, you know, Pospisil probably, you know, will get away with this while Perfetti might be concussed. It's really ugly. It was a needless cheap shot. Pospisil knew exactly what he was doing. He knows that he's not going to earn his way onto that flames roster by skill alone. So he's going to take cheap shots and liberties where he can. And it's unfortunate that Perfetti keeps getting targeted because he is actually a pretty rugged kid, but he takes so many dirty hits and stuff from folks because they know that they can target him. And thus far, it doesn't get called up, called that often. So um, a really frustrating, disappointing end to uh, this game and per perhaps Perfetti's rest of the preseason. We have to hope that there's no uh, concussion, but, you know, based on how the hit happened and how Perfetti was looking afterwards, I'm not feeling super great about it. So 
cross your fingers, hope for Perfetti, and hope that he's got a quick recovery ahead because the Jets really do need him to stay healthy this year. Now, of course, after all of this and through three preseason games, I guess there's a fun question, and it's this. Are the Jets back? I'm starting to think so, and I'll talk about why in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for joining us on these closing thoughts of tonight's episode as we talk about the Jets. And broadly speaking, I've got a theory that the Jets might legitimately be back. And I mean back as in they're good again. This team so far through the first few preseason games has been a little bit uneven, but I think there have been enough standout performances that for me project well in the full regular season to where I'm thinking this team might legitimately have some chops. Now, I think this year's playoff field for the West is going to be really difficult. Um, the Pacific Division for me is going to be a dogfight. You've got uh, Edmonton and as maybe one of your worst top teams, but then you've got like Vegas, Seattle, and LA who are legitimately great and are all going to be an absolute pain in the butt to deal with. And even the Flames, crappy as they can be at times, have made a mess of things at times. We know that they have... Uh, sort of grinded and, and grit their way to some playoff spots. So maybe they do it again this year. That that Pacific Division, really tough. The Jets, I, I guess, are at least fortunate that they're in the uh, Central where there's not nearly as much tough competition, but you know, teams like Dallas are going to be really, really annoying to contend with. Um, the Jets may have been able to beat Dallas a few times last year, but this year, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Winnipeg handles it because like Ottinger is still great. Robertson is still great. Heiskanen, of, of course, is still great. So that is a fun team. They're very dynamic. And it'll be interesting to see if the Jets can join them as you know part of the class of the Central Division. Because like Colorado might be coming back here pretty strong this year. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Avs are always a team that you just don't want to count out. And this year is probably no different. As far as the Jets are concerned, though, I'm starting to think, like I said, that the Jets are back. Uh, we're seeing more aggression at the blue line and the opponent's blue line for the for the defense, which can only mean good things, right? If Winnipeg tries to cut off plays early and then create counters and rush opportunities the other way with more support from the blue line, that's going to be great for the forwards. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of them. And what I think people tend to miss about uh, a really active risk-taking taking defense is that it can also force mistakes from your opponents. Uh, part of the whole risk-reward thing is that you put pressure on the opponent, you open yourself up to opportunities, but you also make them be perfect, right? You force them to avoid mistakes. And sometimes that can actually backfire for opponents and give a team like the Jets, who are very opportunistic, the exact window they're looking for to punish an opponent who gets careless. So this Jets team has some matchup ability, and I think that could be really helpful when you're factoring in that blue line depth as well, right? If the Jets can get speedier on the back end, you know, the third and fourth lines might legitimately be able to make some serious damage uh, this year. I, I think, you know, that trio of Ayafalo, Lowry, and Appleton maybe being your worst line is uh, kind of saying a lot about the, the Jets depth at, at, at forward because that that third or fourth line is pretty decent, right? You've got three legitimate NHLers in, and perhaps two very good ones in Lowry and, and Ayafalo. Appleton, I'm hoping he can join that group in that conversation because it'd be nice if he'd be good again. But then you look at your third line or whatever you want to describe it as because the Jets might not even need to worry about like line distinctions this year. Nemesnikov with uh, 
Baron and Kupari. I mean, that's a menacing trio. Their size, their skill, their speed. I mean, you just have to love this combo. And it, it obviously it does set up a very clear like top six and bottom six with how Bones is arranging things. But I think because the bottom six has so much natural talent, it might not actually make that big of a difference. I guess it'll really come down to, tactically speaking, how the Jets arrange themselves. I want them to be aggressive this year. I want them to take risks. I want to see them be ambitious because when Winnipeg actually puts opponents under serious pressure, they can create some great scoring opportunities and punish opponents. There's a lot to like there. I think this Jets team, quite honestly, is on the verge of a very successful season. Uh, obviously, it is still early days, and we're still waiting to hear back stuff, just like how Cole Perfetti is doing. Is he healthy? How is this lineup going to take shape? But already, I'm seeing promising signs that this year might legitimately be fun. I've said that before, and it's bit me in the butt. I'm going to say it again because I'm stupid that way, and sometimes I just like to hope. So let's hope Winnipeg has a really big year. Uh, through the first three preseason games, give me your thoughts. Who has really stood out to you? Uh, what do you still want to see this team do? And who do you think should be on the opening night roster? Let me know in the comments below or at my social media as at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will be here uh, tomorrow back with even more preseason coverage. So don't go anywhere and be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. As always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.